Around the world, they drink this beverage in its many exotic forms. Half coffee and half hot milk. You go to the Word of God and find out who you are. But if it's next year, 10 years, 20 years from now, you'll never be able to say that these brothers lied to you, Jack. Believe the scriptures. Thank you for listening. You are now tuned into Macchiato's Music and the Scriptures. I'm your host, Martinez Billingsley. We are here yet again with another podcast. Like I told you in podcast past that these podcasts are simply designed for your spiritual growth. That's all we're about. We'll listen to some good music, get some good word, and just sit back and just relax and um, allow the word of God to minister to your heart. I pray that as we get into today's podcast that you will hear something that's going to change your life for the better. Now, today we're going to talk about a topic that um, is rarely talked about. I think people have a uh, their own idea uh, as to how you know God disciplines His children. So today we're going to talk about the chastening of the Lord. The chastening of the Lord, or you can just simply say the discipline of the Lord. Now, right away you might be like, "Ooh, I don't know if I want to hear this. This sounds like one of those doom and gloom messages." like, hey, listen, we need some understanding on some things. The Bible says and all that getting, get understanding. So what we want to do is we want to find out from the scriptures as to how does God discipline? Because think about it. If it's something important to know, because you need to know how God disciplines, because the devil could be doing something to you and you thinking it's God. So we need understanding on how does God train or discipline his children. Okay? So if you with me, go to Hebrews chapter 12. Please. Hebrews chapter 12. Let me tell you something. It's going to be all right. <laughs> it's going to be all right. A lot of people going through things right now that may be listening. You think it's God's, you think it's God trying to teach you something, and it's not God at all. It's the enemy that's trying to destroy you. So we need to know how does God train or discipline his children? Okay, so let's look at it. Remember, we always want to find out what the Bible says, not what our opinions say, not even what our pastor's opinions are. We want to know what does the Bible say. And our pastor should be giving us the word of God. Let me see. Let me see. Okay. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 5. I'll be reading out of the New Living Translation. Uh, you can go to that translation if you have it. But if you don't, it's all good. We'll still end up in the same place. So Hebrews 12, verse 5, it says, And have you forgotten the encouraging words God spoke to you as his children? He said, My child, don't make light of the Lord's discipline and don't give up when he corrects you. Okay, so God, the Bible tells us right here that don't give up when he corrects you. For the Lord disciplines those he loves and he punishes each one he accepts as his child. As you endure this divine discipline, remember that God is treating you as his own children. Whoever heard of a child who was never disciplined by his father? If God doesn't discipline you as he does all of his children, it means that you are illegitimate. The King James Version says bastards and are not really his children at all. Since we respected our earthly fathers who disciplined us, shouldn't we submit 
even more to, to the discipline of the father of our spirits and live forever. Verse 10, for our earthly fathers discipline us for a few years doing the best they knew how, but God's discipline is always good for us so that we might share in his holiness. No discipline is enjoyable while it is happening. It's painful, but afterward there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. Wow. So, okay, here we go. Let's break this down. <clears throat> so let's go back up. Verse five, it says, and have you forgotten the encouraging words God spoke to you as his children? He said, my child, don't make light of the Lord's discipline. Don't give up when he corrects you. Okay, don't give up. So when God said, when the word of God says statements like that, he's letting you know that his discipline can come in such a way whereby it will cause people to want to give up because they think that God is, because they think God doesn't love them. You see what I'm saying? And we're going to find out exactly what the discipline is and how does he discipline us. That's what we're going to find out later on. But people have a tendency to want to give up when things are happening because they feel and think that God doesn't love them. Let's keep going. It says... For the Lord disciplines those he loves. So one good positive note out of discipline from the Lord is that if he, if he disciplines you, you know that he loves you. That's number one. So that's a good thing. And it says, and he punishes each one as he accepts as his child. And I don't look at the word punishment as like, oh my goodness, he about to slash my tires as I'm driving off down the highway. No, that's demonic. <laughs> that's a, that ain't God. So the word punishment, just think about it. When you was a child and your parents put you on punishment, what does that mean? For some people, it was different. Some people, hey, go sit, stand in the corner. Yo, no TV for a while. Yo, no, no, no video games, no whatever. So don't the word punishment as a beat down. Because that's not what it's talking about here. Okay. So it said he punishes each one he accepts as his child. Does simply mean he disciplines you. He's going to discipline each child. Everybody that comes into the kingdom. Everybody that accepts Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. He's saying that, hey, if you do something out of line, it's his, it's his job as a father to correct you, to discipline you, okay? So verse seven, it says, as you endure this discipline, remember that God is treating you as his own children. Whoever heard of a child who was never disciplined by his father. So God is saying that if you're his, then that means that he is going to discipline you. If you're his child, or if you get out of line, or whatever the situation is, he's going to discipline you. But he's disciplining you, disciplining you because he loves you. It says if he doesn't discipline you as he does all of his children, then that means you're illegitimate. That means you, you don't belong to him. So think about this. If you if you say that if a person says that they are a believer and they are living just recklessly, they don't have really no, no moral compass. They're not really living by the word, but yet they're telling you that, hey, you know, Jesus, Jesus is my Lord, you know, X, Y, and Z. And then you talk to him and say, hey, man, you don't have no kind of, you know, conviction, you don't think? No, nah, nah, I'm good. I'm straight. You know, well, it's kind of letting you know that, yo, uh, you might need to uh, try that again because <laughs> it didn't take the first time, obviously. Or something, something happened because there's no child of God. There's no person that's listening to me right now. If you have accepted Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, if you do something that's not right, you're going to get corrected flat out. 
you're going to the convictions going to come and you're going to know like yo man I shouldn't have did that now if you can go throughout your life and just do stuff recklessly and you have no sense of conviction then that's a problem so God is letting you know that if you're his child he's going to discipline you and if you're not receiving any discipline then it says you are illegitimate that means that you are without a savior and you need to accept Jesus Christ today Verse 9, it says, so since we respected our earthly fathers who disciplined us, see, we respected our earthly fathers when they disciplined us. It says, shouldn't we submit even more to the discipline of the father of our spirits and live forever? Okay, this is something. Okay, check this out. So he's saying that he's the father of our spirits. He's not the father of our bodies. Okay, you have to understand who you are. You are a spirit. You have a soul and you live you live inside of a physical body. Did you hear that? You are a spirit. You have a soul but you live inside of a physical body. So the real you is living inside of your body, which is your spirit, which you know that because when a person transitions from this life to the next, their body is still here, but there is no life in it because the spirit is gone. The spirit is what brings the body life. Do you understand that? Okay, so he's saying that he's the father of our spirits. He's not the father of our bodies. We are, we are supposed to honor God with our bodies because this is the vessel that we're living in while we're on this earth. But he's the father of our spirits, meaning this. When God speaks to us, he speaks to us in our what? Spirits. When God disciplines us, he disciplines us in our spirits. Exactly. So that means this. A lot of people think that when they go through, uh, have, you know, people get sick or they, you know, somebody may have a disease or whatever have you. Some people say, oh, you know, this is the Lord just trying to teach me something. He wanted to slow me. He's just trying to slow me down because I've been doing too much. So he gave me this sickness and this disease. Well, God didn't give you that because God doesn't even possess sickness and disease. Sickness and disease can't even come around God. God's too powerful. God is, has too, too much power and too much anointing around him. If sickness and disease ever try to come near God, it just it will just disintegrate. It can't even come near God is what I'm saying. Can't even touch him. So God is not putting sickness and disease on you to teach you something. Sickness and disease comes on the flesh. He's not the father of our flesh. Satan is the one that's trying to destroy your body because he's trying to slow you down and keep you from fulfilling the will of God for your life. Not God. God wants you to fulfill the will of God. You understand what I'm saying? So a lot of times, I think throughout the years, we've been thinking that, okay, sickness and disease has come. Oh, this is God trying to teach me something. Because we think that everything that comes into our lives, whether good or bad, is from God. And that's not true. Okay. God does not chasten his children with sickness and disease. Let me first let me define the word chasten. You'll see that in the King James Version. I know I said discipline because I'm reading out the New Living Translation, but you know, in the old King James, it will say the word chastened. And chastened just simply means to child train, to instruct, or to nurture. Child train, instruct, or to nurture. That's what chastening means. Chastening, chastening has nothing to do with sickness and disease. If God was to put sickness on his child, that will make him a child abuser. 
And God is not a child abuser. Think about it. If you have a child and you take your child's hand, you turn the stove on, you stick their hand in the fire, leaving enough for 10 seconds, then pull it out and you sit and you look at them and you point to them and you say, now, don't you ever cross me again or don't you ever do thus and so again. That, my friends, is child abuse and they call the people on you for that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So God does not train like that. Okay, that's child abuse. So God does not use sickness and disease to cheat, to teach or discipline his children. Let's go to Ephesians chapter four and find out how God does teach and train his children. Follow me to Ephesians chapter four. Verse 11, it says, now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's son that we will mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth, my God. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way, more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. So God gave the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, and the teacher to the church to teach the church so that the church can grow spiritually and mature until the coming of our Lord. So God gave ministry gifts to the church to teach you. He doesn't use activity of the devil to teach his kids. Oh, you understand what I'm saying? He doesn't use nothing the enemy has to teach you. He gave the fivefold ministry gifts to us to teach us. So that's what the evangelist is for, the apostle, the prophet, the pastor, and the teacher is for. All right. So let's keep going. Most people have heard this story that I'm about to read in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Please go with me. We're going to read about Paul's thorn in the flesh. Some people may be listening. They may be maybe reverting back to a sto- to this story of Paul saying, well, hey, Paul, you know, God gave him a thorn in his flesh to slow him down. So, you know, we ain't no better than Paul. So what makes us think that God won't give us, you know, sickness and disease to um, slow us down? You know, so let's read it and we're just going to get an understanding. You know, we're not going to go off of assumptions. God does not contradict himself. So I've been, I've been telling you that for, you know, a couple of podcasts. God can't contradict himself. Okay, God is true. So if we ever read what looks like could be a contradiction, then we need to reread and we need to study because obviously there's something that we're missing. All right. So, um, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, let's look at verse 
7. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, look at verse 7. It says, even though I have received such wonderful revelations from God, so to keep me from becoming proud, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan to torment me and keep me from becoming proud. Three different times I begged the Lord to take it away. Each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weakness and in my in, and in the insults, hardships, persecutions, and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Okay, so just from reading what we read, a lot of people may have heard that story before. They said, okay, see, it said, um, he said a thorn was given to him in the flesh to keep him from, you know, because he was gaining revelation from God that people interpret that to mean that God gave him a thorn in his flesh to keep him from being so high and mighty of himself, to teach him something, to slow him down and let him, you know, basically to humble him, so to speak. And that's not what we read at all. Most people think the thorn in the flesh was sickness, disease. I've heard so many different, I've heard so many things. And this, some of this stuff is actually published in books that, you know, God gave, uh, that the thorn and, and the flesh was sickness, disease, and all those type of things. And that's how and why a lot of people think that, um, you know, God will put sickness and disease on you. But if anybody knows what the thorn is, the Apostle Paul does. <laughs> so let's read again, and he's going to tell us what the thorn in the flesh is. So um, let's look back at verse 7 again. Let's read it one more time. It says, Even though I have received such wonderful revelations from God, so to keep me from becoming proud, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan to torment me. Okay, so the thorn in the flesh was not sickness and disease. The thorn in the flesh was a messenger from Satan to torment me and keep me from becoming proud. So Satan sent a demonic spirit or demonic force to keep the Apostle Paul from pursuing the will of God. He tried to hold the Apostle Paul back. Many times as you're reading the scriptures, you'll see the Apostle Paul will say something like, uh, I attempted to come to you, but Satan hindered me. You know, there are a lot of obstacles that the enemy hinders us with today. So the messenger of the thorn in the flesh was simply a, a statement. He was saying that the messenger of Satan, which was a demonic force that was sent to him to keep him from pursuing the will of God. You know, you ever heard people say, even in, even in our time, like, oh, you hear most old people say, oh, he's just a thorn in my side. That don't really mean that was a thorn in their side. That's using as a metaphor. It says this person is aggravating me, or this or this situation is aggravating or irritating me. That's what he's saying. Like the 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 demonic force was a thorn in his flesh, not physically, but like yo, he's I'm trying to fulfill the will of God, and I have to bind up this enemy because every time I try to you know move forward and whatever have you, this messenger of Satan is buffeting me. The King James version says so he's trying to torment me with many you know different things it wasn't with sickness god didn't use sickness and disease so the apostle Paul down now verse 8 it says that three different times he begged or he asked god to take it away each time he said my grace is all you need my power works best in your weakness 
God wasn't saying that whatever you go through in life, uh, you know, you on your own, buddy. You know what I'm saying? I'm up here chilling and whatever you deal with, you got to handle it down there. No, what he's saying, my grace is sufficient, meaning that basically God was saying that I've given you my authority and power in my name. You have the authority and power to cast the devil out. So that's why he says my grace is all you need. You know, grace is God's willingness to use his power, his ability on your behalf, even though he doesn't, even though you don't deserve it. So he's saying my grace is all that you need, Paul. You don't need me to come down and pick the enemy out. See, you know, God is not casting out devils in heaven. So we can't pray to God and ask God to cast the devil out. God said that I've given you my name. You lay hands on the sick. You cast out devils. See, you know, as I heard one preacher say, we say, we tell God, okay, God, you go preach the gospel. You go cast out demons. You go heal the sick and I'll go with you. And it's actually the opposite. God is saying, no, you preach the gospel. You lay hands on the sick. You cast out devils and I'll be with you because we're doing it all in his name. Nothing that we do for God, we're doing in and of ourselves. God is working in and through us to accomplish his work. That's why no one can ever take credit for the things that God is doing in the individual's life. Yeah, you may have prayed for somebody. You came into agreement with somebody and the prayer was answered, but God answered it. You didn't answer it. You understand what I'm saying? That keeps you walking in humility, knowing that it's not you. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? It's never us. It's always the Lord. The Lord gets the glory every time. Not sometime, but every time. Okay, so now we know that the thorn in the flesh wasn't sickness and disease, and God doesn't use that. We know the thorn in the flesh was a messenger of Satan, was a demonic force sent to, talk, to hinder Paul from accomplishing the will of God for his life. Same thing happens in our lives. Same thing happens in my life. Uh, you know, things happen where, you know, I can receive a word from God and I'm moving forward and I'm I'm writing out stuff and getting things together and right when I'm ready to step out, boom, something happened. No, it's not sickness and disease, but uh, you know, maybe something with your money or, or a family issue here or whatever have you, something else. You gotta fix the, the water pipe or it's, it's something. It's just something that's just trying to hinder you. It's like a demonic force that's hindering you from fulfilling what you have to do. It's like as soon as you step out, it's like the, the enemy will try to block you. So that's what he's saying you know what I'm saying but I have to use my mouth and say no in the name of Jesus I bind all of that I'm gonna pursue and move on you have to speak against what the enemy is trying to do to you we have authority it says what in Luke 10 19 I've given you power to tread on serpents scorpions and all the ability of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you he means that so we have to use the authority he's given us in the name of Jesus to come against what the enemy is trying to do in our lives now on that note, we're gonna listen to Uncle Charlie. We're gonna relax and we're gonna listen to this Uncle Charlie Wilson song, brand new. It's called I'm Blessed. Enjoy it right here on Macchiato's Music in the Scriptures. Ask me how I'm doing, I'm blessed, yes. Living every moment, no regrets. Smile up on my face, I'm like, oh, yes, I'm blessed, yes, I'm blessed, yes. Waking up, thanking God. Every day is feeling just like Sunday. Wifey fly by my side, green light, everything is going my way. Riding clean, living dreams, just like the barber and I'm feeling like Midas. Heard him say, 
give him praise What's in the water got you acting like this Ain't a day go by that I don't try To thank the Lord up above And if you wonder why I'm loving life Come close and I tell you what's up Ask me how I'm doing, I'm blessed, yes Living every moment, no regrets Smile up on my face, I'm like, oh, yes I'm blessed, yes, I'm blessed, yes Ask me how I'm doing, I'm blessed, yes Living every moment, no regrets Smile up on my face, I'm like, oh, yes I'm blessed, yes, I'm blessed, yes Playing cards, laughing hard Barbecuing, waking up the whole block Music loud, turning out Little kids are breaking out the bus stop Life is good, really good And every moment, no, I can't forget I gotta say, I won't change You're the reason that I am like this In a day go by that I don't try To thank the Lord up above And if you wonder why I'm loving life Come close and I tell you what's up Ask me how I'm doing, I'm blessed, yes Living every moment, no regrets Smile up on my face, I'm like, oh, yes I'm blessed, yes, I'm blessed, yes Ask me how I'm doing, I'm blessed, yes Living every moment, no regrets Smile up on my face, I'm like, oh, yes I'm blessed, yes, I'm blessed, yes, I'm blessed I'm blessed, I'm blessed, I'm blessed I'm blessed, I'm blessed, I'm blessed I'm blessed, I'm blessed, I'm blessed If you got a roof over your head Bringing home the bread Got your family fed Oh, 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 you're blessed Sunshine, I'm so free with I'm blessed Charlie Wilson right here on Macchiato's music and the scriptures if you were just now tuning in which I hope you're not if you are just now tuning in this is a podcast this is the internet so you can rewind me and go all the way back to the beginning and now come back up and catch back up where we are (laughs) so you know um so before we close today um, I want to deal with something that I didn't get to cover as far as uh, the chasing of the chasing of the Lord is concerned. So one thing I want to tell you is how God corrects us. How does the correction come? If it doesn't come through sickness and disease, if he doesn't correct us in our flesh, how does God correct us? It says he corrects us. We found out that if he corrects us, then we know that we're his child and we know that he loves us. Um, and then if he doesn't correct us, then it says that we know that we are illegitimate. 
So, um, how does he correct us? Well, one thing I have written down in my notes, correction comes through conviction. Remember what we read. It says that God is the father of our spirits. So that means that everything that God gives us, everything as it pertains to how God deals with us, is going to deal with us through our spirits, which is us, the real us. So it's going to come through conviction. He's going to train us and instruct us in his word. Remember also we read that God gave us in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, he gave us ministry gifts, the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, and the teacher to instruct and teach us so that we can grow up in the things of God. So for instance, if you're a person, you know you're a believer and you are treating your parents, let's say you're an adult, but you, you're treating your parents crazy. You have a, you feel like you're I'm an adult now so I can talk to my parents reckless. I can talk to them however I want to talk to them. Don't ever play yourself. Don't ever play yourself. Don't ever play yourself. <laughs> Say, don't, don't do that. You know, so God is, the conviction is going to come. If you're a believer, that conviction, you're going to get in your car once you leave a house. You're like, man, I should, uh, that conviction going to come. And what is he going to deal with you about? Love. That's not love. So what's going to happen is you're going to get in the word of God and you're going to see where it says love thy neighbor as thyself. Honor your parents. And then say honor your parents only when you're uh, in the household. You honor your parents all throughout their life, whether you're an adult or not. You honor your parents. That's the training. That's the instruction. That's the chastisement because that conviction is going to come and, and it's going to come to the point to where it's like, oh man, I have not been living like I'm supposed to be living. Now understand, you may be thinking like, man, that seemed easy. Let me tell you something. If you are really living for God and desire to live for God, disappointing him in any way doesn't feel good. And he's going to let you know that you disappointed him. Just like any parent will let their child know that they're disappointed in them or whatever have you. But what are we supposed to do as parents? You let them know that, but also you come back around with encouragement. That's what God does. Have you ever realized that, you know, once you, you've done something wrong and you repent, God treats you as if you never sinned? Yeah, because you came to him. We rectified the matter. He corrected you. The child trained, instruct, and nurture. That's what chastisement, chastening means. And so he gonna instruct and nurture us in his word. That's why we're supposed to spend time in his word. The Bible is not a religious book. The Bible is not a book of rules. A Bible is simply, as I heard one man of God say, the Bible is simply a manual for high performance living. That's all it is. It teaches you, it's God telling us and instructing us on how to live. If you want to live a successful life, he's telling us how to do it. Yeah, it's going to be some things you know you don't like, but hey, that's life. If you want to live successful and if you want if you want it how God wants to give it to you, if you want to experience the fullness of God and how he does it, then you, you want to do it his way. You understand what I'm saying? So correction comes through conviction. Okay, the conviction is going to come in your spirit. You're going to get in the word of God, and that's how you're going to get instructed and trained. You're going to get in the word, and you're going to see where you missed the mark. Like I said, if you're a person that's wanting to live for God for real, disappointing him is not pleasing. So he's going to let you know inside that you disappointed him. 
Now, if he doesn't let you know, if you up here just talking reckless to your parents, you abusing your children and doing all this other type of stuff, and you have no sense of conviction, you just, you good. Hey, brother, sister, you might need to, might need to talk to the Lord about some things, because you apparently, according to the Bible, are not his child. And, and if that's the situation and that maybe you listen to this podcast, you can stop me right now. You can get it correct right now as we speak. And you can go to the Lord and ask the Lord, ask the Lord to come into your life and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness and to accept you as his child. Salvation is to, to get born again is simply asking Christ to come into your life. It's not you don't have to go to an altar down in any church. You can do that if the opportunity of salvation comes to you in that manner, but you don't have to wait until you get to a church to get saved. You can get saved on this podcast, put me on pause, and ask the Lord to come into your life. That's it. That's it. So understand that the Lord loves us, okay? He loves us and he is for our betterment. Don't ever think that Satan and God are working together. Then no. This is on two different sides, okay? God is for life. Satan is for death. Anything Satan brings into our lives or will try to bring into our lives is going to be it's going to have death in it and you know anything with death in it doesn't last long so that's the thing the enemy can try to manipulate a lot of stuff that the lord has but see the lord whatever he touches is everlasting whatever the enemy touches is not everlasting you can't keep nothing up too long that's why you can see even certain entertainers who may you know um sell out their souls for for riches and fame did you notice they'd be on top for a minute then i thought wow it's like yo what happened to him yeah he can't can't keep nothing up long he uses people you know what I'm saying? So I pray this podcast has been a blessing to you. I pray you enjoyed it. I ask you, I will ask you to share this with your family and friends. You know, if it's been a blessing to you, I'm sure it'll be a blessing to somebody else. If you want to email me any questions, comments, or concerns, or just simply tell me how much you're enjoying the podcast, you can email me. We have an email address at mmsmedia314 at gmail.com. Once again, that's mmsmedia314 at gmail.com. You can reach me on all social media sites, Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter, at mbills314. And uh, God bless y'all, man. Love y'all. Remember the book of Romans, chapter 3, verse 4. Let God be true and every man be a liar. We'll talk soon. I'm out.